ladies and gentlemen, Bodges, Banks and Sparks. No theme. Well, good evening and welcome to this week's show. The show with no theme. Because this week, yes, because this week we are having no theme in the show. Apart from obviously the theme of having no theme. So there we are, hang on to your hats. We're off into the wonderful and exciting land of no smooth links into sketches. The world of entirely non-seamless comedy where anything can happen. Anything at all. <laughs> at any time. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered how boring it must be to work as an announcer on British Rail? Have you ever wondered how boring it must be to work as an announcer on British Rail? <laughs> See what I mean? Madcap, isn't it? I remember when. <laughs> You know, on first impressions, Brian, you know, it does strike me as, as being perhaps just a tad uh, on, on, the, on the dangerous side, Brian. <laughs> the cause is everything, Nigel. Oh, is that so, Brian? The, the cause is everything. Well, in that case, um, I don't suppose you'll mind me asking you exactly what you've detailed yourself this evening in the name of the cause? Not at all. I'm on mice, Nigel. Sorry, Brian, I don't think we all quite caught that. I'm on mice, Nigel. Oh, mice. <laughs> Mice, yes, that's the tiny little thing with the really small teeth, is it? Yes, well, <laughs> careful as you go, Brian. <laughs> I trust you've made suitable provisions for your family. Listen, Nigel, I really don't think that this attitude is going to... I mean, don't you like me, Brian? Is that it? You just don't like me? Because I seem to remember on our last mission up at Cheapside Zoo, whilst I was valiantly wrestling with the pythons, you were gallantly releasing the ice creams. <laughs> It's a dairy product, Nigel. I suppose that's your reason for detailing yourself the liberation of the cheddar, whilst I was trying to repatriate three giraffes. I mean, have you tried to smuggle a giraffe through customs, Brian? Have you? No? No. Well, they don't fit up your bottom, I can testify to that. Right, Nigel, I think there's a bit of an imbalance here. I mean, I happen to have kept a list of your tasks over the past three months. It makes quite an interesting read, Brian. For example, one, the Windsor Safari Park, making the sandwiches. <laughs> Two, Jerry Cottle Circus, staying at home and generally looking after things. Three, ICI Research Laboratories, 
hanging Nigel's anorak up. The list goes on, Brian. Well, look, if you're not happy with my well, leadership... I'm not happy with your... What are you doing here? Uh, uh, not your concern. Uh, who are you anyway? I, I, I work here. I am a scientist, a civil servant, carrying out essential medical and government research. <laughs> Made lots of useful discoveries, have you? Useful? Essential. Essential to mankind. We have discovered that a rabbit with washing up liquid in his eyes is not a happy rabbit. And, and, and if you nail a monkey to the roof of a Volvo estate, then you find that, that, that you have a Volvo with a monkey on top of it. Oh, yeah. My God, you're insane. But wait, wait, you see nothing yet. Look at those guinea pigs. They can think. Now that would be impressive. One day in October, the head of the laboratory said, We've run out of animals. Go get some for me. We need more of these pests for our vital research tests. So that night in October, the scientists were out looking for some specimens when they heard a shout. Away from us, guinea pigs, please stay away from us. We ain't meant for your experiments, please leave without a fuss. Get yourself a lion, a hamster, or a ghost. No scientist gonna get his kicks by giving us an experimental fix. <laughs> Try it on us, we don't make no fuss, and we ain't insured. But I'd rather end up with a pet shop man than be at the mercy of a scientist's hand. Do you think I like it when you feed me LSD? Or you make me go old or catch a cold and see what happens to me? Away from us, guinea pigs, please stay away from us. We ain't paid for your experiments, please leave without a bus. Get yourself a lion, a hamster, or a goat. No scientist gonna get his kicks by giving us an experimental fix. And this week on Bodger's Banks and Sparks, we're going to have our very own treasure hunt. Now, here in the studio, we're going to go through the clues and hopefully lead Gordon, outside in the car, to the treasure. Gordon, are you there? Yes. Great, all set. <laughs> Look, I don't see why I have to do it. Because you're the only one with a car, that's why. <laughs> oh, all right. We're about to start the clock. You've got 25 minutes. First clue coming up. 25 minutes, 24.59, 24.58, 24, And the first clue is an area clue. Will you shut up? It's what the crowd do when the team score a goal. What do you think? Look, will you shut up? You've got to have a clock. 24.3 Nobody can hear themselves think. I'll just give the clue again. And the clue is an area clue. It's what the crowd do when the team score a goal. It may be Clapham. It's not Peckham, is it? No, that's right. It's not. <laughs> right, Clapham it is. Minute gone, Gordy. Yes, yes, yes. 
Oh, would you believe it? The car won't start. Tori, we'll get back to you once you've reached Clapham. Clapham? I can't get out of the car park. See you soon. This is an L-I-N-K link. Hello. Shadwell here. Well, actually, this week I had a stroke of luck. I was run over by an ambulance. <laughs> Gave me a lift all the way to the hospital. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what usually happens to people who go to hospital? They die. But I managed to avoid that because they knew that I'd come to visit my granda, who was there because a heavy goods vehicle had shed its load on him. Anyway, I went up to a nurse to ask where my granda was, and she said, Get out, this is a hospital. But after a bit of a struggle, she did admit that my granda was there. She said that the doctors had done what they could, bearing in mind that it was a Saturday afternoon and told me to be careful. So I walked up to his bed, and, and you can imagine how I felt. Tired. <laughs> bit itchy. <laughs> and there he was, covered from head to toe in bandages. I only knew it was him because I could smell his Wellington somewhere. <laughs> then the nurse came up and said, you must be quite upset by all this. Must I? <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> But what, what am I going to do with all these grapes I've brought him? Well, she said, obviously he can't eat fruit at the moment, so I should put those grapes away, Shadwell, where he can't hear them. <laughs> well, then I asked her what was the matter with him, and she said, Shadwell, the shock of the accident have left your granda in a severe state of constipation. He could be like this for years, or he could go at any moment. <laughs> And just then he started to wake up and the nurse said, Shadwell, the doctors were wondering if you'd like to tell your granda what have happened to him. Me? Tell him. Shadwell, it's better he should hear that than be deaf. <laughs> well, I couldn't argue with that. <laughs> right, said the nurse. By the way, is your granda a kidney donor? I don't think so. I don't think so, not yet, anyway. I'll do the poem now, then shall I? Granda was ill. So we took him to Rill. <laughs> I don't think he enjoyed his stay because the tide took him away. <laughs> Thank you very much then. Bye-bye. You know, Donald, my fictional friend, this vegetarian lark, I, I just can't make head nor tail of it. Oh, well, that's the whole point, isn't it, George? <laughs> no, I mean, I can't... No, never mind, look. The whole point is... The whole point is, I was in a restaurant the other day. Well, I say a restaurant. Donald, more like a rabbit hutch. <laughs> anyway, you see, I went in not realising the score, Donald, and said to the waiter, slaughter me a chicken, my good man, and I'll make it worth your while. Unfortunate, George, oh, unfortunate. unfortunate. Yes, that sort of comment doesn't go down well on a Friends of the Earth establishment. <laughs> you mean, they're friendly, George. Even with chickens, apparently, yes. Can't see the future in it myself. No, no, you don't pop out for a few swift ones with a chicken, do you? No, no, no. Old Bill Swithers used to. Yes, yes, of course. But then he used to keep marshmallows in his underpants. So yes, I yes. I think we can safely exclude him from any rational discussion. Yes, I think so. Anyway, the offshoot of the whole thing, Donald, was that I had my first vegetarian meal. Oh, I see. What was it? Well, vegetables, Donald, what do you think? <laughs> Yes, I, I know, George, but, like, what variety? Oh, I see, well, therein lies the tale, you see. With this vegetarianism, it's much the same as our idea. You have a vegetable as your main course, with vegetables and vegetables. 
Oh, I see. A sort of veg and two veg. Well, a very thin. A very thin. So, you see, I plumped for the Brussels sprouts with peas and runner beans. Thing was, the peas and runner beans were off. I had to have Brussels sprouts with Brussels sprouts and Brussels sprouts. And what was that like, George? Oh, don't let me, if you can imagine, let's say it's like eating an awful lot of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> really, George? Yes, there's no other way to describe it, really. Tell me, what's this fruitarian business all about, then? Oh, well, you've asked the right man, Donald. The fruitarian can eat any fruit or vegetable that he likes, as long as he writes a letter of apology to the mother plant. <laughs> oh, I see, George, yes. And then, of course, Donald, there's, there's your vegan. Oh, now, they're marvellous. Marvellous. Whizzing about in space, little pointy ears, you know. <laughs> Beam me oh, up, vegan, Scotty. Donald, vegan! Not Vulcan. Oh, I see, I thought you were... Yeah. Well, you thought wrong, Donald. Now, listen, man. The vegan eats nothing at all. <laughs> he survives simply by sitting in wine bars looking smug. <laughs> but oh, perhaps most interesting of all is the crocarian. Now, the crocarian can eat anything he likes as long as it's crockery. <laughs> so you'd have, say, a saucer to start. A large plate is the main dish, or a large dish is your main plate. And then perhaps a little cup to wash it all down. George, that's the most remarkable thing I've ever heard. Oh, Donald, I'm pulling your leg, man. Couldn't survive in crockery. No, no. He's allowed some polystyrene at the weekend. You know, George, what I can't understand is what on earth would we do with all the animals if we didn't eat them? I mean, what would your standard pig do if he didn't become a sausage? I have no idea. I mean, he couldn't go into teaching, could he? Well, okay, well, okay. Yes, he could do a better teaching. Spot. To the spot. No, George, if God had intended us to survive on lettuce, he would have never invented false teeth. <laughs> Who wrote that again? It's Elfling Berlin. Remember, George, remember, if God had intended us to survive on lettuce, he would, he would never, never have invented false teeth. Oh, yes, marvellous stuff, Donald. No, no, they don't write them like that anymore. No, they certainly don't. And, you know, I can't stand this newfangled stuff. I heard one lot the other day, a new bunch, the, the shadows or something. I'd, what's that other new lot? The, there's six or seven of them. Oh, yes, Donald, that's, um, that's, uh, Dave... Oh, uh, David. 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 Oh, yes, David, uh, D... Jerry... Yeah, and, uh, Paul. Paul, yes. Grumpy. That's right. <laughs> Sneezy, dozy... Uh, lust. Uh, the hanging yeah. gardens of Babylon. Yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Buddy. Buddy. Elvis. Holly. Uh, and Titch. Yes, that was <laughs> it. Exactly. I've actually, I've got one of their discs, actually, George. It's called, a, there's enough toothpaste in this tube for two. Absolute nuts. Oh, I can imagine. Another teardrop falls from my eye Another girl's just passed me by I wake up every morning and clean my teeth There's enough toothpaste in this tube for two I go to eat my breakfast meal My frosty show just how I feel Two bits of toast pop up and make me think of you There's enough toast in this toaster for two 
Then I go up to the bathroom. Then he goes up to the bathroom. Turn the taps on, run my bath. Turns the taps on, runs his bath. I'm the hot, and you're the cold. Why can't we run together again? There's two milk bottles at my door. I just can't take it anymore. Two arms, two legs, two ears, two eyes, two feet, two bad. There's enough parts of my body for two. Reminds me of you. Another teardrop falls from my eye. Another girl's just passed me by. I wake up every morning and clean my teeth. There's enough toothpaste in this tube for two. Oh yeah, there's enough toothpaste in this tube for two. Only I missed the bus. I mean, trust muggins. I do things like that sometimes. I'm just so crazy I can't stop myself. Do you know what? The other day, the other day, I went out with my umbrella and it wasn't even raining. I could just see people walking along and staring at me. So I went back home and put it away and put some clothes on. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think I'm from another planet. I'm so completely mental. I love playing practical jokes on people. The other day, I went round to my granny's, who's 94, and pretended to be the person from Exit. <laughs> I think she thought it was quite funny. At least she laughed. Well, she made these sort of laughing noises. Anyway, anyway, when they came to take her body away, I ran round the room with this blunt instrument shouting, I did it, I did it, and it was fantastic, because then the police came, right, and they all played along. Actually, it's great when you find people who are just as mad as you. Right, but my favourite madsters, right, are Radio 1 DJs, yeah? They're so mad they should be put away, right? I love DLT, he's a real turkey, and he does such woolly things like shaving off his beard off to raise money for help the aged disc jockey and things like that. And I think that's great, I do. And what about Steve Wright, eh? What about him? He'll say anything, won't he? Hello, goodbye, here's the next record. Anything, honestly. And, and Gary Davis, eh? Ooh, Gary Davis. Ooh, Gary Davis, ooh, Gary Davis on your radio. 
pure genius, right? <laughs> I'd love to be a DJ, right? Because then I'd tell people all about the mad things I do. And I wouldn't mind complaints, because I think you've got to be honest and controversial, right? I'd even tell them about the time I put my knickers on inside out, right? And ate margarine instead of butter. I would, anyway. Um, anyway, I'll probably apply for a job as a radio one DJ, and I should get it because I'm so unfit for normal company. I'm not saying I'm mad, I'm just saying I'm a turkey. Or is it a pilchard? This is a link, this is a link, this is a link, this is a link. No, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not. Yes, it is, yes, it is, yes, it is. But now it's back to the treasure hunt. 19.38, 19.37, 19.36, 19.3... Hello, Gordy. What? How are you getting on? Oh, brilliant. The car broke down on the Albert Bridge. There's no buses and I can't get a taxi to go south of the river. Don't worry, there's still about 19 minutes to go. I couldn't give up. Hey, 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 what's going on? Well, the treasure hunt. Yes, but this is the no theme show. You can't have a recurring item. I'm sorry. So what do you suggest we do? Leave Gordon standing on Albert Bridge all on his own in the cold with no chance of a lift? Well, now that you mention it... Oh, oh, thanks a lot. I mean, why don't I just lob myself into the river? Well, Gordon, because one reason is that... Yeah, why doesn't he? Oh, there must be a reason. Um... Right, that's fine. I'll just jump in then, shall I? No, do a somersault. And a pipe, Gordon. Yeah, do a pipe. Do a pipe. <laughs> the BBC would like to point out that jumping into the Thames can be extremely dangerous. <laughs> and the BBC would also like to point out that doing dangerous things can be extremely dangerous. <laughs> and the safest things to do are, in fact, safe things. Having said that, the BBC would like to point out that doing some safe things can turn out unexpectedly to be extremely dangerous. And in our opinion, the safest thing to do is nothing whatsoever. However, the BBC would also like to point out that doing nothing whatsoever can be extremely dangerous. For instance, standing on a railway line and doing nothing whatsoever can be very dangerous indeed. The BBC would like to stress that this is not meant to suggest that we recommend standing on a railway line and doing something. <laughs> the best thing to do is not to stand on a railway line at all. Lie down. That's our advice. The BBC would like to point out that that was just a joke. Look, the BBC would like to point out that what you do is your own business, and if you're stupid enough to take everything we say literally, then that's your problem, matey. That's what the BBC would like to point out. All right? Of course, George, there's your transcendental business. Is that? Oh, yes. Like in an operation and your heart stops, and then the doctor starts it again. So what happens when your heart stops? Well, not much, George. I mean... <laughs> but you do transcendent. Oh, so you don't smell then? No, no, no. You just transcend for a few seconds. And people who have transcended say they've seen things while they've been dead and met people like their father said. Well, uh, in the waiting room. No, no, no. George, their dead father. Well, they shouldn't be in the waiting room then, man. That's ridiculous. No, George, their dead father who has already gone to the other place. Anyway, they see someone and they say, sort of, go back, it's not time yet. Well, what does it mean? Presumably, the gates must be shut. Sort of, gone to lunch, back at two sort of thing. <laughs> so what happens then if the gates are shut? Well, you go to hell, George. Well, even if you've been a splendid Christian all your days. I'm afraid so. If the gates are shut, down you go. So what are the opening times of these gates then? <laughs> well, I'd imagine sort of nine to five, Monday to Friday. So if you die at the weekend, down you go, George. <laughs> or in the evening? What? Apart from Thursdays. I would think they'll probably have late night dying on Thursdays. <laughs> but of course there's the holidays to think of. Four weeks a year. 
Well, how are you supposed to know when they're on holiday then? Well, I mean, that's an educated guess. You can reckon on them taking a week at Christmas. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, it's bound to be big up there. Yeah. <laughs> then, then there's Easter, presumably. So all you've got to worry about is when they take their summers. Tell me, George, do you believe in God then? Well, not as such, Donald. No, no, you see, I believe in a sort of all-encompassing being, a sort of ever-present being, a sort of being that watches over and looks after things. A sort of janitor? Yes, yes. <laughs> a, a sort of janitor, brown overalls, bunch of keys. Yes, I, I would say I believe in an omnipresent janitor. <laughs> what, about the, what about the beard situation, George? Do you think God has one? Oh, I'm quite sure he sports a beard, Donald. Let's face it. You're everywhere all the time. You're not going to have time to shave, are you? <laughs> so, like, how does he manage to be everywhere then, George? I mean, all the time. Well, he's three people in one, you see. That's one of his tricks. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What, a sort of collage? Yeah, sort of, <laughs> sort of celestial collage. So, say the Father's in Northampton, then the Son could be down the road in Stockport. Well, that could be terribly handy, George. You wouldn't need a video, would you? No. <laughs> you could watch BBC in one room, BBC Two in another, and probably have a nice relaxing bath upstairs at the same time. Well, that's right. And you could go on holiday without taking any time off work. <laughs> Tell me this, George. Tell me that. What do you make of this Jesus character there? I mean, do you think he is the son of God? No, 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 no. He's his cousin. <laughs> his cousin? Oh, yes. I don't believe he's his son, but I definitely believe he's his cousin. Look at the facts, man. They didn't live together, did they? And if you're a son, you normally do. In the beginning, anyway. Yeah, but he talked to him a lot. Exactly. So I think they were related, and hence my belief that he's the cousin of God. Well, it doesn't say that in the Bible, George. Oh, yes, it does. In Revelations, the main revelation is that Jesus is the cousin of God. George, it does not say that in the Bible. Don, you obviously haven't read the revised version. <laughs> Well, we've had a lot of fun putting this whole series together, and as ever, there's been a few moments which you, the listener, never got to hear. Moments when, <laughs> to be frank, things didn't go quite as intended. In fact, when we cocked it up. So, we thought we'd have a quick listen at some of the funniest of these outtakes. Now, remember this scene from The Treasure Hunt? How are you getting on, Gordy? Oh, brilliant. The car's broken down in the Albert Bridge, there's no buses, and I can't get a taxi to go south of the river. Well, it wasn't always quite like that. How are you getting on, Gordy? Oh, brilliant. The car's broken down on Battersea Bridge. There's no buses. And I can't get a... <laughs> and I can't... What's so funny? Is it Battersea Bridge? <laughs> well, it should have been Albert. No, no, no. I'm never going to... Seven Bridge, Waterley Bridge, Northern Rubbish. I'm never going to get it right. Sorry. <laughs> so we thought we'd better try that one again. How are you getting on, Gordy? Oh, brilliant. The car broke down at the traffic lights just before... <laughs> oh, no, 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 there we are, anyway. Oh, 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 forget it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Bodgers, Banks and Sparks with the Bodgers, who are Murray Hunter, Johnny No Name, Gordon Kennedy, Pete Bakey and Moana Banks and John Sparks. Written by Murray Hunter and John Doherty, 
Moana Banks and John Sparks. Music by Pete Bakey, produced by Alan Nixon. <laughs>